Chapter Fourteen of Book One of Les Misérables, Volume Two, by Victor Hugo. This is a LibriVox recording. All LibriVox recordings are in the public domain. For more information or to volunteer, please visit LibriVox.org. Recording by Ruth Golding. Les Misérables, Volume Two, by Victor Hugo, translated by Isabel Florence Hapgood. Book First, Waterloo. CHAPTER Fourteen: THE LAST SQUARE Several squares of the guard, motionless amid this stream of the defeat, as rocks in running water, held their own until night. Night came, death also. They awaited that double shadow, and, invincible, allowed themselves to be enveloped therein. Each regiment, isolated from the rest, and having no bond with the army, now shattered in every part, died alone. They had taken up position for this final action, some on the heights of Rossomme, others on the plain of Mont-Saint-Jean. There, abandoned, vanquished, terrible, those gloomy squares endured their death-throes in formidable fashion. Ulm, Wagram, Jena, Friedland, died with them. At twilight, towards nine o'clock in the evening, one of them was left at the foot of the plateau of Mont-Saint-Jean. In that fatal valley, at the foot of that declivity which the cuirassier had ascended, now inundated by the masses of the English, under the converging fires of the victorious, hostile cavalry, under a frightful density of projectiles, this square fought on. It was commanded by an obscure officer named Cambronne. At each discharge the square diminished and replied. It replied to the grape-shot with a fusillade, continually contracting its four walls. The fugitives, pausing breathless for a moment in the distance, listened in the darkness to that gloomy and ever-decreasing thunder. When this legion had been reduced to a handful, when nothing was left of their flag but a rag, when their guns, the bullets all gone, were no longer anything but clubs, when the heap of corpses was larger than the group of survivors, there reigned among the conquerors around those men dying so sublimely, a sort of sacred terror, and the English artillery, taking breath, became silent. This furnished a sort of respite. These combatants had around them something in the nature of a swarm of spectres. Silhouettes of men on horseback, the black profiles of cannon— the white sky viewed through wheels and gun-carriages, the colossal death's-head which the heroes saw constantly through the smoke in the depths of the battle, advanced upon them and gazed at them. Through the shades of twilight they could hear the pieces being loaded, the matches all lighted, like the eyes of tigers at night, formed a circle round their heads. All the linstocks of the English batteries approached the cannons, and then, with emotion, holding the supreme moment suspended above these men, an English general, Colville, according to some, 
Maitland, according to others, shouted to them, "'Surrender, brave Frenchmen!' Combronne replied, "'Blank!' Editor's Commentary, another edition of this book, has the word merde in lieu of the blank above. End of Book First, Chapter 14 Recording by Ruth Golding